I think there was a lot of healing that both she and I had to do around female friendships, around the mother wound, around being in community with other women, because, you know, over time and over history, we've been so pulled apart from, from having deep, intimate female relationships. Hi, I'm Lisa Brooks-Mills, co-founder and chief impact officer at GLOW. Thank you for being here. In this episode of the GLOW podcast, I welcome Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick, the co-hosts and co-founders of Almost 30. I enjoyed learning about Krista and Lindsay as I prepared for this conversation. And by the end of our time together, I really just wanted to hang out with them the rest of the day and share anecdotes about love, heartache, courage, and compassion. They are doing amazing work, bringing meaningful conversations to their global community and working hard to walk the talk. They are sincere in their ways of operating with one another and the world. They are attentive to their global community and help create supportive content and connections, all while remaining true to themselves. Beyond the podcast, they offer courses, an inspirational blog, a supportive membership group, and more like their spiritual digital camp called Camp Almost 30, coming up July 24th, which you'll learn more about in this episode. We began our time together by taking a few moments to center ourselves, placing our feet on the ground and imagining we were trees with roots reaching down into the earth, helping us to feel a sense of being grounded, nourished, and present. So I invite you to that helpful visualization as well as you settle in for this episode. I hope you enjoy getting to know these two lovely women and learning about the beautiful entity that is almost 30 as much as I did. Lindsay and Krista, welcome. I am so excited to spend time with you today and I'm excited for our listeners to get to know you. I personally love the way you show up as your authentic selves in such a beautiful, relatable way. I wonder if we could just start with a bit of background about Almost 30, how it came to life. It really seems like an inner passion sort of voice that almost had to come to life, energized by your needs and curiosities and navigating through this sort of Saturn return, 20s to 30s, interesting time of life. Yeah, and I think you said it perfectly. It happened during our Saturn return where Lindsay and I met one another. I was desperately trying to be a soul cycle instructor. I felt like that was my ticket out of the corporate world. I felt like that was my calling, you know, being in front of community, using my voice, being a leader, moving my body. Um, and through the process of auditioning for soul cycle, I failed to get it the first time. And in the second time, I wanted to get a little bit of a leg up. I wanted some insider information. And I was connected with Lindsay, who was a soul cycle instructor here in Los Angeles. I was in New York at the time. So I moved to Los Angeles. And after I didn't get my second soul cycle audition, I had found Lindsay. And we just had this instant connection. You know, we felt like there was something really special about the way that we were interacting and um, the activation that we provided each other. And we felt like we were less alone when we were together, you know, during a time of your late twenties where um, you can feel lost and you can feel like your world is getting rocked a little bit. Uh, the prefrontal cortex is coming online during this time. And we're really becoming conscious of a lot of patterns that we exist in and a lot of relationships that we're in, how we're showing up. And so we were 
support system for one another. And um, one day we just decided, you know, maybe we'll start a podcast. If we feel alone during our spiritual awakening and during this journey in life, I'm sure there are others. And, you know, after months and months of recording on our closet floors, we shared our first episode in September 2016, which, you know, we were talking about before is hilarious. It's absurd and hilarious. And um, five years later, six years later, here we are uh, with, uh, you know, brand and community, but really just with the same mission of helping people feel less alone in their evolution. Beautiful. Lindsay, do you want to add anything into that? Yeah. I mean, uh, just to add that, you know, what it felt like once we really started serving and um, understanding that this was much greater than us, it really was so apparent that this was like an entity, an idea, an energy that really tapped us on the shoulder. And I just feel so grateful that, you know, it found Kristen and I because we were so open, right? Relatively speaking, we were really open to kind of this next um, cycle of our lives. We had both come to that point where we were like, I feel lost. I feel alone. I feel scared. I feel like I should know more. And so it was like a really vulnerable time. And I think that vulnerability was the openness that was necessary in order for this entity to kind of come and be like, hi, like I'm here and we're gonna, we're gonna do more than just a podcast. And this is going to be like a global community. Like she had the plan. So to this day, we're, we still just talk to her a lot. So do you get that sense that there was something nudging you along in those moments of maybe doubts and fears and all those things that would naturally arise when you're embarking on a new endeavor, but to the fact that you saw it through and continued to see it through those moments, I'm guessing that having each other, one another to lean on, um, maybe you could speak to that a little bit in terms of if you're able to look back and say, okay, if I had been doing this alone versus having a soul sister partner to sort of lean on in those moments of like, what are we doing? Yeah, it was huge. You know, our friendship has been like the greatest foundation for my growth and healing of, you know, almost any relationship that I've had. And I think our friendship lays the foundation for how our community engages with us, how we engage with our community. And, um, you know, people see the example in Lindsay and I and how we show up and it doesn't mean we show up perfectly. It doesn't mean we show up completely healed. It just means that we show up honestly and authentically with one another. And that's really the example that we want to set within our community. But I think there was a lot of healing that both she and I had to do around female friendships, around the mother wound, around being in community with other women, because, you know, over time and over history, we've been so pulled apart from from having deep, intimate female relationships. We've been so pulled apart from having women circles and having the support of other women, um, you know, in in community or in, even in the tribal sense. So there was like a deep ancestral healing that we did together when we came together. And there was this healing that we had for this lifetime. Um, I never really had deep, meaningful female friendships in the way that I do with Lindsay, where there really is the unconditional love and the unconditional support in the commitment to growth. So I think that us together was really what we were really allowed us to allowed us to call in this energy of almost 30 and be in um, communion with this energy of almost 30. And I don't think it would have happened with, without us both being there for it. Yes. And I think it's so important that 
you know, if you hadn't, if you hadn't been doing the work or continuing to do the work as individuals, what started to, and seems to have evolved the trajectory of almost 30. And as you say, her, she's become her own sort of entity would not have fully been able to thrive and grow had you two not shown up to do the work. Yeah, I think that's the core of of who we are. You know, I I don't think you can fake this, you know, like as 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 a platform and a brand um, and a community that is on a mission to know themselves better and in turn just know one another better and do better um, while we're here on earth. If you're not actually on a daily basis doing that work, um, it's really hard to maintain. And then you lay on this fact that it's like a public thing, like, you know, we're in media. So it's like, you know, hopefully we're glitching the matrix a little bit by actually <laughs> doing the work as we are, you know, um, serving our community uh, rather than just for show, if that makes sense. So um, I think it's of utmost importance. Krista and I are both individually in therapy. We have a coach together. We have um, incredible healers that uh, we have kind of on our team of sorts that we see on a monthly basis. And so, yeah, it's, it's never, it's never done. And that's not a burden. It's just, um, kind of the, the beautiful like maintenance that we need as human beings who are, you know, serving, serving more than ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for doing the work. I mean, that allows, space for others to do it as well if you it, it certainly wouldn't be a sustainable for sure wouldn't be able to grow evolve for sure and then as you said those like-minded folks that are ready to to integrate specific concepts and ideas into life to better themselves to better their world to better their communities um they'll show up and it, and it seems to be the case for for you two as, as individuals and collectively. So I think that's beautiful. I love that you have on your site this mission just in general. Our biggest and most important job to remind you that you're never alone. And I know we've sort of touched on this already because that's how you two came together. And that's how you truly feel from your heart about your community. Like your community is your why, I believe is what you say. And so I wonder if you can just dive in a little bit more to how that came to be like was that it sounds like it was the nutrients to the soil that is almost 30 from the beginning but it's also I'm guessing evolved and and grown and changed in some ways through the years yeah definitely has and you know for any business owner or someone that's in a creative endeavor or anyone that's really doing anything I mean the why is often the most important and I think for me the why has stayed the same, but it's also evolved. You know, at first it was to feel less alone within our spiritual awakening. And now for me, it's really like to feel less alone 
when I'm being my biggest and brightest self and when Lindsay and I are being our most expanded self. And so um, it stays the same, but it changes over time. But I do know that as someone that's a spiritual being and everyone listening is a spiritual being, oftentimes we can feel really alone in our lives. And we feel alone because we're not being vulnerable. We're not really showing the world our true selves. We're showing and sharing, we're showing up in our masks, which is completely normal, but happens often. We are um, going through processes of awakening that may not be aligned with the processes of awakening that everyone else around us is going through. And as someone that grew up in a small town in Ohio, I know you're a Michigan, Michigan gal. Um, I felt really different than everyone else. I felt like the things that I was seeing and the things that I was experiencing weren't really what everyone else was seeing and experiencing. And it was really, um, you know, there was a period of disassociation that I had that was really challenging. So through this process with Lindsay, I wanted everyone that is awakening, you know, people are waking up at a faster rate, I think, than ever before. There's more light in the universe than ever before. Um, I wanted them to feel like there was others that were also on that path and that we're also spiritual seekers and that we're also people that were willing to ask why and that we're also people that were willing to always come back to their participation in this universe rather than being victim of the universe. So it's something that started out a little bit smaller or differently than it was where it was like, I want to feel less alone where I'm like, where are my people? Where is like my um, community? And now it's really like feeling less alone has become even more important because of how fast people are um, awakening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking through what lens do you look at everything? Like, do you approach everything in terms of decision making for the company? Like, is there, I'm guessing there's a lens of curiosity. There's a lens of authenticity. I wonder if you could lean into that a little bit. So much of it is intuitively led by Krista and I, um, you know, and I think those lenses of curiosity um, kind of lead that. But, you know, part of this whole process of birthing almost 30 and then continuing to serve her in the community is based on how much we trust our intuition because it was born out of like an intuitive hit and our ability to follow that um, and not judge it or mistrust it. It was just, yeah, it was, it was such a faith filled moment. Um, and so that's really where our decisions are made and it's not always easy. You know, I think we both have kind of the places within our intuitive, uh, understanding that are a little murkier than others. And that's why having one another is really important. So I feel like, you know, we lean on one another when one of us is not as clear. And what's really cool is that our ability to have conversations around, hmm, this is what it feels like. I'm not really sure what the answer of the decision is going to be, but this is what it feels like. And I think think this is kind of where it's coming from. We have this ability to like, just really tease out these moments that seem unclear and really guide one another um, to a clear understanding of intuitively what we know. And we're just committed to doing that with our community too. You know, I think we even have like conversations in our DMs and in our membership where, you know, we know that this person knows 
the answer and the ability to talk through and to share vulnerably and to connect in that way ultimately like does lead them closer to that really clear uh, intuitive feeling. So that's for me, like where I go with our decision-making, which um, wasn't always the case for me. So this, this venture has really taught me the importance of that. I think it's really big to be able to, to feel safe with someone to say, could you be clouded by X, depending on what someone might be feeling in a moment? Like, could this experience from when you were going through this heartbreak or let down in some way, could that be clouding this current decision that we're, we're trying to, you know, decide upon? And then you can really look at that and, and not feel that that comment is a or question in, or inquiry is a threat, but more of a let's just see if what's behind that veil that could be clouding a specific decision to make for the company or a decision to make for you yourselves as individuals or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. And, you know, there was two situations that we had to do that this week. You know, there was um, like a hard decision we had to make about our team. We have seven amazing people on our team and we had to make a hard decision about one of them. And in conversation, you know, I was coming from a place of like a more fear-based place of the situation. And Lindsay was coming from a more um, like a higher level. She was coming from the higher perspective. And in that moment, you know, it took me a Pilates class, but I came back to the realization that I think you're coming from the higher perspective place. So I'm going to let you take the lead on this because I'm feeling like I'm coming from the the lower vibrational place of fear in this situation. So I'm going to trust you to guide us wherever you feel like we should go and make the decision that you feel like we should be doing. And you know, it's situations like that where we have to sort of lean on each other and be able to have this self-awareness to know, like, I know that what I'm feeling is not in alignment with my highest expression, but it's what I'm feeling right now. So I want to honor that, of course, but there is a higher timeline choice that is available for us. And maybe it's me sometimes that can choose it. Maybe it's Lindsay, but it's knowing that based on my previous experiences, I'm feeling fear around this and Lindsay's not, so she can lead. Um, We also had that today on a live, you know, she mentioned something about um, feeling like you know, she's kind of always been a loner, like in her own experience. And as a creative, that's really, really common. And she was saying something about experiencing it now. And I mentioned and reflected back to her that that's been a pattern that I felt like she's expressed about her, her childhood as well. So it's really important that when we're able to be vulnerable with our partners and people that we're able to reflect back to them in these moments so we can help create these patterns. And so we can help to um, create the growth opportunities and continuity And to know, most importantly, that that's very sacred, to know these things about one another is very sacred. For Lindsay to know about a lot of my history and childhood is very sacred, and for me to know about hers is very sacred. So there's a level of trust there that's really important, and there's a level of just deep reverence for for that in one another but it can be the real key in any relationship that really unlocks your biggest growth opportunity. That's so beautiful. A, cu- a couple things came to mind there. I think one, Krista, acknowledging for this specific example that you gave that, you know, I'm a little too close to it. I'm a little too, as you say, like in, in a lower vibrational energy around it. Now that will obviously mo- and very most likely change in the coming days and months. 
But at this moment, at this moment, this is how I'm feeling about it. And then Lindsay's coming in and saying, I've got this bird's eye view. I've got this broader vision. I'm able to see sort of from a higher perspective, which is a little more trusting energy, right? And so then you said, you take it, you got this, like, I'm going to, I'm going to go with what you're feeling on this. Cause it's that, that energy is way more trusting than something else that's coming in and potentially clouding. So I think that's such a great, important point. I love that. Um, the other thing that got me thinking just about, you know, sharing some childhood background and being really vulnerable is that you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the sense I'm getting is that you you don't weaponize that with each other. You know, it becomes like a very sacred, I'm using this in, for your highest best self in a very supportive way. And I'm guessing it's delivered in a very supportive, non-threatening way as well. And that too is, I think is so important because even if we aren't intentionally weaponizing something, sometimes the way it can come across, the way it's delivered can almost feel threatening of course, that de that depends like how sensitive and how raw that emotion from the past is feeling in that moment. But I think it's beautiful that you've learned how to navigate through those sensitive waters, if you will, of how mm -hmm. to say something, when when to say something and in, in, in the best approach for it. Yeah. And I think my husband would be like, um, what are we talking about? Are we talking about the same wife? <laughs> so I'm not perfect with every relationship or person. Like, let me just say that. But Lindsay has made it easy for me to be able to do that. It's like always like, a, there's just such a, a neutral energy with with her on things that's really important. And I think you're able to, to not weaponize information and you're able to really give that truthful mirror for people when they actually, again, like we said, are doing the work. It's, it's, you start to weaponize things and you start to really have animosity when you're kind of noticing things and you're seeing patterns and maybe they're not really being recognized or, you know, the highest potential timeline is not being realized in someone that you really, really love, but having truth or vulnerability weaponized, there's honestly nothing worse. That is like the worst feeling. Right. And then you have to rebuild yeah. that trust all over again and re Re get the foundation secure again and it True. is i mean it's great sometimes to see those things to say okay that's that's how i don't want to show up that's that's yeah. what i don't want in my life we don't always um have that awareness for everything but for a lot of things especially relationships in general to say okay i've learned what i don't want so that when it does show up you're all the more aware and ready for it and say okay this is right this is what feels right mm-hmm is there a very specific North Star or is that your you're not alone type of sentiment where you say, OK, through every decision, let's make sure we consider our North Star. Does that fit? Does that align? Whether it's a brand partnership, a guest you're going to bring on, a new modality, a new offering. I think truth is like the biggest you know, even above maybe feeling alone, it's like, what is like, what is true and what is true for Lindsay and I, what is true for me? What is the truth as we know it, you know? So if it's for a brand partner, do we truthfully love and support this brand? Do we truthfully believe that this is something that can make the lives of our community better uh, for our relationship? It's like, are we being truthful about where we're at as business partners, as best friends in every interview? Are we being truthful about 
you know, the contents and topics that we're talking about. Sometimes it gets really deep and sometimes it's really challenging to bring up the things that we talk about. You know, we've talked about um, suicide. We've talked about child sex trafficking. We've talked about ritual abuse. We've talked about um, racial inequalities. We've really run the gamut of really deep topics, but we've always done it out of the lens of like, if there's truth, it needs to be known. And if there's truth, we're not going to turn away from it, you know, for reasons to numb or because we don't think that our audience is ready for it. And I think we always try and work from a place of truth in our relationship together, being really honest about where we're at or where we're going or where we want to go. And then with our audience as well, whether it's showing up messy or showing up somber or showing up really happy, I think that by having that grounded place and foundation that doesn't change because truth from our eyes doesn't change, we can really just move more confidently in the world. That's beautiful. And showing up, as you said, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's a topic that's uncomfortable, there's still truth there that needs to be shared and people Mm -hmm. need to hear it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love how everything you learn from the visionaries, the luminaries, the change makers that you interview I love how you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you really integrate those concepts into your lives. I'm sure some more than others. I'm wondering though, if there's one that stands out to you where you were learning the concepts and the ideas and, but you still had this maybe like, because oftentimes until we actually experience it ourselves and feel it in our bodies, so to speak, in our essence, we'd really, it's hard to get. And so we maybe have doubts until that moment. So I'm just wondering, is there one that has stood out to you where you were learning, you were, you were sort of getting it. And then not until you, you know, after the podcast that you actually experienced it, that you Mm -hmm. felt like, wow, now I get what they were saying. Now I get why this is important. Is there something that stands out to you in that way? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love this question. And after almost 500 episodes, it's only, <laughs> it's hard. Um, and, and to be completely honest, you know, Krista and I have to run everything that we learn, every conversation that we have through like our internal guidance system. And you're right, like not every nugget is for us, but we trust that it is for someone else who is listening and needs to hear it. Um, it would be crazy and overwhelming if we integrated every single thing that we learn in these conversations. Um, but, you know, I think about just kind of the season of my life that I'm in right now and having just moved in with my boyfriend. And I think back to conversations we've had with John Wineland, who we just love dearly. He's been on the pod a couple of times. So, you know, in listening back to a lot of um, John Wineland's content, especially our episodes with him, where we got to ask very like, specific questions about our own lives. Um, It's just funny how applicable it is now. I was speaking at the time during a season where I was seven years single about and kind of dreaming of when I could put these things into practice in a relationship. Um, And so in moving in together recently, there's just so many moments where like there is tension and there is that, um, need for a 
diffusion of that tension. And I think back to John Wineland talking about this, like this tussling that happens between partners and especially in, um, between the masculine and feminine energies. And I've just, I always remember, um, what he said about how the masculine can take the feminine where she cannot take herself. And it's been like my greatest, um, in living together, just kind of my ability to do that, to allow for that has been like the greatest reward because I'm a doer. I like to control things. I like to handle things. I like to nurture and all the things. And for him to allow him to take me where I cannot take myself in those moments of tension and disagreements, um, is so important, you know, and we've like talked about that dynamic and how that's so liberating for me and helpful for me. And so now he has a better sense of like how I can kind of help and support. So I think with any of our conversations on the podcast, whether it's about relationships, like a John Wineland conversation, um, or a more spiritually based conversation, you know, for me, it always, takes a little bit of time to integrate. And I usually laugh because there's a moment where something someone said or an experience we had in an interview just like lands perfectly in my real life. And I don't always know in the moment when we're having the conversation and the interview, but um, I'm just grateful that this is like our everyday. This is our, our quote job, our purpose. And so I'm able to like access these on a regular basis and understand why in my own life I was there for that conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. There are so many things we learn along the way where it doesn't quite make sense in the moment. And then later we say, ah, that's why I had to go through that. Or that's why I learned that or read that book or went to that, you know, lecture that didn't make sense at the time, but now it completely makes sense. Krista, did you have anything that came to mind that you can share? Yeah, there's, there's quite a bit that I was thinking of. Um, I think the most important thing for me though, was um, something that Alyssa Romeo, who wrote the book, Meet Your Soul, talks about. And then a dear friend of ours, Peter Kelly, who wrote um, Earth is Hiring. Um, and another book that the name is escaping me, but really just the concept and idea around our journey and our life path and our, I guess, allegiance is to our own soul's journey. And our allegiance is not to someone else's soul's journey. And I feel like there have been times and periods in my life where I've really gotten caught up in following other people's paths, following other people's ideas of success, following other people's ideas of who I should be, um, you know, getting caught up in sort of that mob mentality of like, we should all care about this one thing at this time. And if you don't care about this, you're a bad person. And we should all, you know, be doing this at this time. And if you don't, you're a bad person. And really coming back to the understanding that like, my soul knows what's best for me and my soul's mission and purpose in life is to lead me in the best path for my ascension. And that is the most importance no matter what anyone else says. So first I've really had to like 
like unlearn a lot of things around what it means to be a good person, what it means to be a good friend, what it means to be a good leader, what it means to be um, a good spiritual being and a good spiritual teacher. And remember that the number one allegiance I have is to God and also to, to my soul's path. And, you know, last year when there was so much happening in the world, it was definitely a great opportunity to get really caught up in a lot of different waves of, um, of conversation that were happening within our world and within the media. And I think having that full clarity and um, ownership of who I was because it was who my soul chose me to be has really helped me in a lot of different ways. So Meet Your Soul, the book by Alyssa Romeo and Peter Kelly have changed my life profoundly um, in that sense. Beautiful. Yeah, I think, you know, it just had me thinking about just honoring one another versus a, a place of judgment you know, this is where you mm-hmm. should be, or this is how you should be yeah. thinking, or, you know, mm-hmm. the, to come from. Or like- this is what you should care about. It's like, there's a lot of conversation, I think, online with social media. It's like, we should all care about this thing. This is what you should care about. This is where you should spend your money. This is where you shouldn't spend your money. This is how you should raise your kids. This is how you should show up online. This is how you should create a business. This There's so many different opinions and perspectives on what people should be doing, but no one knows the reason why people are doing what they're doing or if they should be doing what they're doing. It's really a conversation between them and God. And there is so much noise out there that really brings people further away from their own truth and their own inner voice. So I guess then if you're feeling like you're being judged, right? If you are feeling like people are judging your decisions, um, to not take that personally, is that sort Mm -hmm. of what you lean into that type of energy and sentiment? Yeah, I think first, you know, even before that, I think if I'm feeling judged, I'll lean in, I'll like explore why is this showing up for me? So say I'm feeling like people are judging me for, um, you know, buying something from Amazon because, you know, I have an Amazon Prime subscription. Why do I feel that people are judging me for that? Do I feel shame around actually shopping at Amazon? Do I feel like that is the highest choice for me to be shopping at Amazon? There's a lot of different questions where a lot of times those reflections of judgment show up because we actually feel shame around decisions that we make. So really looking at like, what is this showing up for me? Is this the highest, um, highest timeline choice that I could be making? And then there is the second part where it's like, if I am acting in alignment and in integrity, then my soul and that path will be the most clear and the most abundant and the most joyful. But there are times I'm sure when I'm not acting in my highest integrity where I do feel judged and maybe the judgment is a, is a message for me that, you know, I kind of need to move back on my path. So there's a lot of different um, questions that I normally ask myself, but I just always really remember, especially being an online personality or like a media person that I really have to be able to walk my own path. And I really encourage everyone to listen to their inner voice enough to find their own way versus finding a guru, finding a leader, finding a teacher, because we all know the answers inside. Absolutely. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we're if we're feeling so strong within ourselves and connected to ourselves, it doesn't matter what they say because we know the truth. Yes. To your point, if it is bothering us, maybe there is something mm-hmm. to question there. Maybe there is something to look at. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a beautiful approach and something to consider with as mm-hmm. we move and navigate through other people's energies and thoughts and feelings. Yep.
since we're on the topic of trusting ourselves, and I've been thinking about this theme of trusting ourselves a lot lately, and I thought it'd be great to hear your feelings and thoughts on it. So a little heart dive, if you will, into building trust with ourselves and maintaining this trust no matter what we're faced with in life, no matter what seasons bring us. Um, and in following the voice of our higher selves, stepping through fear, I think that if this is solid, as we're met with challenges in life, we're more likely to be more grounded, more resilient, and rise up to meet life's challenges in a more sustainable way. But listening to this inner voice and following through with action. So there's one thing to listen. There's another thing to follow through. And then there's another piece of the consequences for when we don't follow through and the gifts given to us that are sort of presented when we do follow through. I'd love to hear from both of you on this, just your general thoughts and feelings that come up as I, as I said all of that. Yeah, um, I think we've both been on a, a journey of trusting ourselves more and more. Um, and I think, you know, most recently, just to give a concrete example, um, I moved from LA to New York. And this was, this was something that was a full body knowing from the moment it came to me. Like it, it wasn't something that I was like mulling over for a long time. It was almost like this instantaneous knowing that it was the right next step for me. Um, and I think I was able to get to that place because of the the work that I've done to connect to my body, like kind of this intuitive sense within my body. So kind of listening more rather than being so in my head and overthinking things and overanalyzing. Um, and so this decision itself has really brought up so many gifts in the form of hard conversations, um, in the form of, you know, having to let go of some relationships, which all have really kind of cleared my field in a lot of ways and given me this chance to, yeah, really mm, be more of myself in this new chapter. Um, because I, if I were to have brought the patterns and the dynamics within certain relationships with me on this move, um, I don't think that I would be as happy as I am. So all that to say, I think that the process of trusting myself has been and continues to be that just that a process. And number one for me has been to connect with my body and understand that my body is always sending me messages and knowings. And it's really my responsibility to tune in as often as possible. Um, and just knowing that following and taking action on those hits will gift you things over and over and open up uh, doors and present opportunities for more of this like up leveling and growth that is just like the most energizing thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
say work and you think, oh, it's going to be depleting. This is going to be hard. And it's like, no, this is the type of stuff I'm like, I'm like, ooh, I have a hard conversation to have with my mom. Okay, let's do it. Like, you know, it's like that kind of stuff where I'm like, this is so good for my growth and just for my connection with people I really care about. Yeah, it's so beautiful, the gifts that come once we we just become brave enough to step through. And sometimes it's just like, just take the next step. You don't have to see the full thing, right? It's just like, just take the one step and the next step and you'll be guided to the next and the next. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're just gifted with what courage you had to to come through it. I wonder what, before you moved, um, when you said a leave behind, like, did you actually do a leave behind exercise of almost like when you're transitioning in, into a new year where you're like, I'm leaving behind this, like this energy, this, this, and this, and as I shift into a new physical space, but also um, a new energetic space? Yeah, that's a great question and suggestion. I didn't do any like formal um, ritualizing of that leaving behind. I definitely uh, did that in a physical sense. I got rid of a lot of things that I felt were I just felt disconnected from and that kind of cleared some space. I think the quote difficult conversations that I had to have around this move were just, they were difficult, but they were also kind of a purge of like old stories and old patterns and like just things that either were not true or needed clarification and has just brought me so much closer to those people. Um, And then I did like, I had a day, like one of my last days in LA of just like thanking this beautiful city for like gifting me. I mean, it's infinite, like almost 30 is obviously the biggest, but LA is such a special place, you know? I felt like I could truly be myself in LA, which a lot of people will laugh at because it's LA, but it's like, you are allowed to dream your fucking dreams in LA and go for them. And no one is going to blink an eye. They're going to say most people, and thankfully we surround ourselves with people like this. who are like, how can we help? How, you know, like, let's do it. So I just, I love that place so, so much. So I I just had that like moment by the ocean where I was like, just in deep, deep gratitude. Yeah. And not of a, like maybe a goodbye, but like, see you soon. Like you're, you're still, you're still with me always. And I'll be back. I'll be back to visit. And, and, and Krista just wondering like that same back to listening to the inner voice, the consequences we potentially face when we don't listen to it. And because sometimes I feel like the universe has this way of like, it gives you the little nudge and then it gives you a little bit of bigger, (laughs) you know, sometimes it's like, um, just really gets you. But then, but then also when we have been brave enough again to step through or where the gifts come in, is there an example that comes up in your life where you've met that? You know, so many, I feel like my life up until, um, my early twenties was just all of a bunch of nudges. And for me, it's like, I always have to go from the highest understanding and really think about all the ways in which 
we outsource our intuition and we learn we learn to not trust ourselves and that's through religion you know i grew up in a catholic household everyone around me was catholic and a lot of the catholic religious programming is around not trusting yourself but trusting your pastor trusting the bishop trusting this hierarchy or hierarchical structure that really uh removes you from your own power and then in the school system you learn to trust a teacher you learn to trust the principal and then at home you learn to listen to your parents just because you know i didn't really i wasn't really someone that as a child got a lot of explanations for why i was doing what i was doing so i just kind of trusted in authority online we trust the media on the internet we trust influencers we trust news anchors we trust all of these people outside of ourselves so there's a lot of ways in which we're always continuously outsourcing your intuition so when you come to this point where you have to where you realize you have to pull all of that back and you have to trust your body over maybe trusting you know whatever agenda may be happening or trusting your foresight and your intuition for your family's future over anything else. I think that, um, that for me was like my biggest awakening of outsourcing my intuition, but I was someone that was in the corporate world. I thought, you know, the corporate world was the only option growing up in Ohio. I only saw people in corporate jobs where I grew up corporate or, you know, blue collar or white collar jobs. And so when I was in the corporate world for eight years, I was so unhappy. And I used to have this office on the 13th floor that was like an empty conference room. And I called it the cry room. I would cry all the time. I was just like the worst. I was just like, oh, terribly the worst. And at my first job, I knew I needed to leave. And I really knew that it wasn't something that was a fit for me. But of course, I kept waiting until the pushes happened. And I waited until I was so anxious that I didn't want to be around anymore. And that... And I waited until there was a sexual harassment case that I was involved in with my manager because I wasn't listening to anything before it. So um, once I realized that because I wasn't listening, that things were going to get worse before they got a lot better, I've been able to really temper with the notions and the, the voices and the whispers when I hear them because I know that there's either the beautiful path of in collaboration with the universe or God where I can kind of be in conversation with, with God about where we're going or I can be you know, in receipt of, of the future in a little bit harder of a way. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it unfortunately takes those moments to sort of wake us up and, and sort of nudge and push us to say there's a better way. Yes. And, Ooh. and force us to leave a situation where we can say, okay, I deserve more. I deserve better. And just, yeah. Good. And I think the bad, you know, the 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 bad quote unquote bad parts of our life can often be guides for us. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, at that time I was so unhappy. I would my unhappiness was a guide, you know, in a sense. My my anxiety was a guide for me, and these were, and my weird situation with my boss was another guide for me. But it was something that I didn't understand was not normal in God's world or in the world of the Creator. That these things are really signs that we're off track. This is what I personally believe, rather than. Um, you know, a sign of things going right. So we can often look at places in our life of like, where does this feel sticky? Where does this feel a little off? And what better path or choice or option is there for me and believing that that's possible and believing that there could be a better way where I could fulfill by, feel fulfilled by my work, or I could feel like I'm valued in my job, or I could feel like I'm respected by my peers. Um, so seeing those parts of our life where we feel like are a little bit challenging as, you know, a guidepost for a better way.
Yeah. And looking at your own self-worth yes. and then you start to say, okay, I'm not going to stand for X, Y, Z because there's something greater for me and you can feel that. So mm-hmm. well, good life lesson there. Definitely. Huge. I want to get a little bit into your self-care non-negotiables. I, I'm guessing that has evolved and will continue to evolve. And I'm sure there are so many of them. Um, but I'm just wondering if you could give like one, maybe two. Mm. Yeah, this question never, ever gets old. And I think it evolves always. Um, so try not to beat myself up when I'm like over, you know, writing in my journal every morning or something. <laughs> but, um, you know, lately I've been just thinking about like, how can I feel even more alive in a day? And, um, you know, for me, it's getting outside where things are incredibly alive. So that's like by the trees and by the water. And um, that might involve people that might not. Um, but that that's like my morning walk. And so it's kind of simple. Um, but that to me has become just such a sweet part of my day that I have with myself. And then the other thing that I've just committed to is like, being creative. And that might mean, you know, songwriting in the morning that might mean, um, just drawing, like taking 20 minutes to just like sketch and draw for no reason at all. But it's like that creation vortex that makes me and reminds me that like, I'm much more than my to-do list and I'm much more, you know, like that there are parts of me that want to be more alive. And so if I just create space for it and allow it, to come through, I feel better physically and mentally and emotionally. Connecting with nature and tapping into your creativity helps fuel the little Lindsay that's coming in to, to then serve almost 30. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's great. And Krista, for you? I think mine is um, outside of meditation, which is like my prayer prayer, uh, pause moment, um, you know, just kind of bringing myself back. I think honesty, just being honest with myself, with my relationships, with, um, the work that I do, I think there's a incongruency and an anxiousness that I feel if I'm not being honest with people, if I'm not being honest about the way that I'm living. So for me, I lose a lot of respect for myself. I lose a lot of respect for my relationships. And I'm really showing up in a way that doesn't feel good for me. And it kind of leaves this residue of uncomfortability within my mind. If I'm not being honest, if I'm not saying how I feel, if I'm not letting people know, you know, how I'm feeling or what's going on. Like an example, I I got married recently and, you know, there was a lot of situations and this is normal, but where I felt disappointed by relationships that I have in my life and by friendships. And it was something that I definitely had the opportunity to just be like, Oh, you know, fine. That's okay. But in each of those situations, I let people know very clearly, like what my expectations were and what I was disappointed about and what I had, as an expectation for our relationship and our friendship and the weight that I felt lifted off me by just saying how I felt without any expectation for how they would respond really eased a lot of the anxieties and disappointments that I had. And it really reestablishes the relationship in a way that makes the relationship stronger that will stay and, you know, clears out any relationships that no longer are a fit. So I think, when I bring honesty to all areas of my life, I think that's my deepest form of self-care. 
I think that's beautiful because I think what you did there, it seems like you took a, a, a something that would drain you and you flipped, yeah. <laughs> you flipped it into mm-hmm. a self-care nego- non-negotiable of like, this is what, I know this is what drains my chi, my energy, my life force. Yes. So the opposite of that is to come from this space of, you know, honesty with every, with, with every aspect of life, because mm-hmm. you feel the consequences if you don't. Yes. And I think, you know, if someone that's grown up in a household where there was tons of unresolved conversations and tons of things left unsaid and tons of, uh, issues that just laid under the, you know, were just swept under the rug. And as an intuitive empathic person, how uncomfortable that can be. And so I think a lot of people assume that when you're speaking your truth or being honest, that it's like not peaceful, but really what's the alternative is to just sit in, you know, this kind of in your mind, these conversations and these loops. It's like, I feel like when we have the hard conversation, it's harder when we're building up to it. And it's, almost just the relief that you feel, the pressure that's resolved from the situation. And then you can have actual peace, not just like fake peace where you're both being quiet, but there's a conversation that's happening psychically. So I think when you're empathic and intuitive, it just takes it to another level where it's sort of like a non-negotiable. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Love. You're a superhero on this hero's journey, adventure of life. What tools do you use most on your spiritual tool belt in this season of your life? I think discernment. I think discernment has been a huge tool for us, discerning what we're going to say, how we're going to say it, who we're going to work with, how we're going to work with them, uh, discerning the messages that we want to disseminate, discerning how we want to spend our time, discerning what we want to say no to, what we want to say yes to. I think that's been a huge one that we continue to practice and try and be better at. And then I think it's the truth speaking. You know, it's the truth speaking in any capacity that we're able to do it and any way that we're able to share it. And I would just add like being in a receptive place where we can really receive, you know, the love, the recognition, the gifts, the, just everything. Um, it's easy to be in do, do, do mode and want more and want to reach your next goal, which I think has its value, yeah. but, you know, to be able to receive, um, yeah, all that we've created is just a beautiful, like part of the journey, which I think influences like the next, the next piece. It can be hard to stop and say, just stop and look at what you've done. Look at what you've created. Mm-hmm. Look at the lives you're touching, you know, and just really take that in and, and allow that to fuel the next the next steps for almost 30. So speaking of which, I wonder if we could just sort of cap off here with our time together. Thank you so much. I mean, for, to both of you for spending this time with me today. And I know our listeners are really going to enjoy this conversation your current offerings that you could share that you're really excited about. I know you went from a podcast and then evolved the trajectory, just took you to this beautiful holistic offering with courses and memberships and retreats and the, you know, camp almost 30. Yeah. I think camp almost 30 is the mega one. It's this um, day long uh, spiritual 
you know, digital camp, day camp, where we're just, we really bring on paradigm shifters and amazing people that we admire, healers, leaders, change makers, like Roddy Dubluchia Shetty or Debbie Brown, um, Africa Brooke. And we have conversations that you won't find anywhere else. Um, and that's on July 24th. People can register on our website. And then we have courses in our membership you know, a lot of different things, but I think our real focus is on camp and the membership, which is like a safe space for people um, to lean into their spiritual journey with a community of like-minded people that are super supportive. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time and just wishing you all the best. You know, I was thinking about as you're getting out there and touching women's lives and the ripple effect of that, how they go out then into their immediate communities and the people that they touch in their lives and it's, it's beautiful. It's something we can't measure in it. And just thank you for helping raise the vibration of our planet and all of our people. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. That means a lot. This has been amazing. And I'm sending you guys so much love. Thank you for the deep reminder of taking the moment before the interview. Lindsay and I will never forget it. And your questions have been incredible. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you to our entire team behind the scenes at GLOW. I'm so grateful for your care and commitment to serving our members around the world. Thank you to our teachers for so beautifully sharing your gifts and talents. I'm also grateful to our lovely community of GLOW members. You've supported us since 2008, and because of you, we get to continue to do the work we love. It's the combined support of our team, our teachers, and our community that grants me the privilege to continue to bring you the GLOW podcast. Thank you to Lee Schneider at Red Cub Agency for production support. And the beautiful music you're hearing now is by Carrie Rodriguez and her husband, Luke Jacobs. And remember, take care of yourself because our world needs you. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. You can find The Glow Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or glo.com slash podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Derek Mills. Derek Mills.